I'm Brian McPherson, and this is the Athena Health Podcast. We're producing this podcast to help clinicians and staff better utilize Athena One so that Athena One can best support your patient care. We made major enhancements to Athena One back in March with the spring 2023 release. From new automation and claim editing and insurance package selection, to a new schedule template builder, to the brand new Athena Patient app. The next round of enhancements will come during the week of July 24th with the summer 2023 release. Work on the new features is already well underway. As we record, most teams working on new enhancements are beyond the feedback phase we discussed in our last episode and are building and testing solutions to address the feedback they've heard. We often hear from Athena One customers in surveys that they wish we would test enhancements with practice staff before implementing them in our major releases. That's actually already a critically important part of our work. We have a robust process of researching and testing new features both internally and externally before we make them broadly available in Athena One. And that's our primary focus with this episode today. Testing for our teams often involves two stages, both of which you may have seen referenced in email communications or demo videos, alpha and beta. Our alpha testing takes place with a relatively small group of practices, and the goal is to find any issues or gaps in the solution the team has built before we test it more broadly. This stage can be a little more bumpy because the functionality isn't perfect, but this stage can also be a great opportunity for you to give direct feedback to the development team when there's still time to incorporate that feedback into the way the feature looks and works. We then expand the pool of users in beta testing which tends to involve less frequent iteration, but also gives users plenty of opportunity to provide their feedback on what works and what doesn't. Beta testing also allows us to test the performance of features at scale, which means essentially we can see how fast or slow certain pages load when hundreds or thousands of users are on them at one time. Only after we've been able to see the feature is working well for a beta testing group do we make the feature available in one of our three major releases. Keep listening or check out the episode notes for more information on how to join alpha and beta tests so you can make your voice heard and stay on the cutting edge. One feature that recently underwent significant changes as a result of user feedback during alpha and beta testing was the clinical provider selection widget, which went live as part of the fall 2022 release. With this change, you can more easily browse providers who accept a particular order type, as well as providers in your practice's local network. I'm joined today by Decima Coons, who led the team that enhanced the clinical provider selection widget in 2022. Decima is a director in our patient experience zone who works out of Austin, Texas. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. So before we talk about your feature specifically, I'd like to talk about alpha and beta testing more generally first. What do you see as the role of this kind of testing in the software development process overall? So um, alpha and beta testing is critical to ensure you've built the right thing um, and that it works and can scale prior to making it generally available to all customers. So we typically use a smaller subset of customers um, to test out the, that we built the right thing and that it works. So with the clinical provider selection tool, what was the initial problem your team wanted to solve? We wanted to make it easier to find a referred to provider, and we wanted to surface more relevant information to consider at the, at the time of deciding where you were going to send a referral. What sort of feedback had you heard that sort of brought to mind that that was a problem? So the old selection tool um, did not do a great job at surfacing the most relevant providers to consider, given your location, order type, or specialty. 
And uh, we wanted to address longstanding feedback around clinical provider data and result set. Um, and we started with the selection tool. So as you got into solving that problem, what, what sorts of challenges did your team face? Lots. <laughs> Um, one of the biggest problems with the CPSW is that the result set is unique to the user and practice. So from a um, quality perspective, it's hard for us to validate that the results set are meaningful because the results are meaningful for each specific user and practice. And so we could look at things from a broad perspective, you know, if, if you're asking to return a set of results within 30 miles from a zip code, we could confirm that the system was doing that properly. But we had a harder time confirming, is that the right set of providers in the list? And that's where alpha and beta was critical for us. So starting out, how did you put together kind of an initial design for what it would look like and then get an initial response from, from users? We actually started with a survey um, asking what information was most useful when deciding when to send where to send a patient referral and we then had that information prioritized and we used that to inform the design so that the scannability of the screen showed the most valuable information first on the left hand side and then kind of went down from there if that makes sense and so then after the survey so you you build an initial concept. Sort of the next step becomes that alpha and beta testing. Like, what kind of feedback did you get on on the initial um, functionality that you tested, especially in alpha? So um, we put an in app survey in the widget itself. So um, when a user opened the CPSW during alpha or beta, they could give us either multiple. They could answer multiple choice questions or give us um, like free form feedback. Um, as a standard practice, we kind of looked at that feedback the previous morning of every day. So every piece of feedback that we received, we investigated. Anything that smelled like a bug, we immediately investigated. And, you know, if, if it truly was a bug, we went ahead and put in a ticket to have that resolved. And then the other feedback we categorized into different sections. And we used that categorization to then inform if we needed to make product tweaks to an existing feature or if we needed to add something. So one challenge I would imagine, you know, you mentioned some of the, the bugs you were, you were finding is that, you know, these alpha and beta tests aren't hypothetical. Clinicians who are taking part in these tests are seeing real patients, they're sending real referral orders. How do you help these clinicians keep doing that work that they need to do, see the patients they need to see, send the orders they need to send if they're encountering some of these bugs that they're helping us with that eventually we're going to resolve as part of building the feature? So what we did with the CPSW is we actually built in a rollback mechanism. So in the event that our new experience didn't work, the user could revert back to the old experience to carry through, select who they needed to, and, and submit the order. Um, totally, you know, appreciate that that added more clicks and um, was inefficient, but they were able to proceed with their work while we were able to get insight into um, the actual bug. So what changes did you end up making to the feature in response to feedback you got in alpha and beta? So we made a few. Um, the one that sticks out to me is when we originally took the CPSW in alpha, we had the user select the provider using an add button. 
And we got feedback that it was really hard, um, depending on the size of your screen, the target area for selecting was a lot smaller than what they had had previously. So um, in the old experience, you could select the whole row and um, you didn't have to touch your mouse. So the mouse could be wherever it is, you could select, um, and you didn't have to you know, make as many changes. So we actually changed our entire interaction model based on that feedback. We got rid of the add button, we made the whole row clickable, and then tested it on all the various um, different screens and sizes to make sure that it was um, as efficient as possible to make that selection. So the other change that we made was around frequently used referred to providers. So in the old experience, um, users were presented with a kind of quick pick of four frequently used providers on the side of the screen. Those were frequently used for all order types. So we would get a lot of feedback that, you know, a user is going to create an orthopedic referral and they would see gastroenterologists in their quick pick. And so what we did is we made those um, frequently used selections available uh, specific to the order type that was selected. But when we first put that in the experience, you had to click into the search box to expose that list. And we got a lot of feedback that it was inconvenient to discover and it added an additional click every time they wanted to add someone who they commonly refer to. So what we ended up doing is we took that frequently used list and we actually just put it at the top of the browse list. So when you open it up, your frequently used providers that you select are right there at the top. It's interesting. You're talking a lot. I hear you use the word click a lot, which makes sense because yes. it's a big part of the process. <laughs> so I'm just curious, how precious, maybe that's the best way to describe it, is each click as you're thinking about building a feature for clinicians who are seeing patients? How do you sort of look at the idea of sort of every potential click that is added or removed? So that was actually something we did as a result of feedback in the alpha beta. So we did get feedback around, you know, there's too many clicks or it's more clicks than before. And so we went through and we looked at for every single thing that you can do in the experience, how many clicks did it take in the new, compared that to the old, and then tried to reduce as many clicks as possible. And so we've so far we've talked a lot about aspects of the workflow, like clicks, that are tangible to the user, what it looks like, what data appears, how many times it's taking to click. But that's not all you're watching during beta testing, right? What about sort of the subtler elements of the feature, like the page loading times? Yeah, so we definitely evaluate uh, the time it takes from you to click the CPSW open to results showing in the experience. And we look at that at a variety of different percentiles. So we look at that load time at the 50th, 70th, 90, 90th, and 99th percentile to make sure that we're accounting for outliers and that the majority of the users, the experience is loading um, as quickly as possible and kind of to you know best practice standards for a transactional tool like the CPSW. A couple other things that we look at is we evaluate the rank of the selection. So in order to ensure that we are surfacing relevant results to that provider, we're looking for confirmation that we're surfacing results at the top of the list, whether they're browsing or searching, to make sure that they have convenience in selecting someone that they're looking for. Um, we don't want users to be having to scroll a lot in order to find the person that they were looking for. That makes a lot of sense. And so in terms of keeping an eye on these kinds of things, um, are you still watching that? The feature's now been available since last November. Um, what sorts of things are you still watching in terms of that feature as, as people are using it? 
So we look at, you know, general adoption and usability of the system. So definitely we're continuing to look to make sure that um, we are uh, surfacing relevant providers at the top of the list in both browse and search. Um, we're looking to see how people are filtering, um, whether or not there's opportunities there to provide more enhancements and really inform, based on kind of user behavior, how we could further optimize the experience. So if an organization is considering getting involved in alpha and beta testing, if they haven't before, do you have any recommendations for or best practices in terms of how to be successful um, continuing to see patients but also providing their feedback in this testing? So internal communication in the practice is really important to make sure that everyone is aware that they are in an alpha and beta. The other best practice is to encourage feedback. Um, I know that it's time consuming, but that feedback really is fundamental in determining the readiness of the product to go generally available um, and or determine if we need to make changes. And so in terms of the feedback, what kind of feedback is the most useful as your teams are iterating on these features that are in development? So the more specific the feedback, the better. Um, in our alpha beta, we would get feedback saying, I can't find who I'm looking for. And that was really hard to investigate. We'd be able to categorize that feedback as you know, issues with discoverability, but we wouldn't know if that was because of a bug or maybe that provider didn't actually exist in our system. When we got feedback about, you know, I can't find this specific doctor at this location, then we had information that we could really use to investigate and figure out if there was an issue or why that provider wasn't displayed. Well, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate you going through this with us. Thank you. Many of the features now undergoing alpha and beta testing will be available for all users of Athena One as part of the summer 2023 release scheduled for the week of July 24th. Be sure to download the July episode of the Athena Health Podcast for an in-depth look at the summer 2023 release. If you're interested in being on the cutting edge of Athena One technology or in making your voice heard early in our development process, you can sign up to join alpha and beta testing at any time. You can do that by going to the success community, clicking the collaboration dropdown, and then clicking research. You can also find a link to the active and planned alpha and beta opportunities page in the episode description. If you go to that page today, you'll see information on some of the features we're actively testing. One of them is enhanced diagnosis, which will allow clinicians to capture diagnostic intent with greater specificity and ease by using typical clinical technology, enabling them to easily find even the most challenging diagnoses. Another feature we're actively testing is automatic claim creation, which will automatically create claims for encounters that meet certain criteria, which will reduce manual missing slips work for staff. We're also still testing marketing messages for the Athena Patient app, which will include information about Athena Patient in a number of automated outreach channels, driving patient awareness and adoption of the app while reducing work for your staff. Here's what else you need to know this month. Mark your calendars now for Thrive, Athena Health's annual summit scheduled for October 9th through 11th in Austin, Texas. Thrive brings together over 2,000 users, partners, and leaders from the healthcare community to connect, learn best practices, and share new perspectives on some of the biggest challenges we face. If you're interested in training opportunities to help you get more comfortable with the clinical inbox or speed up your documentation with accelerators, check out our free workshop-style training courses. You can find these training opportunities on the Success Community. Go to the support dropdown at the top of the page and click on events to see trainings, user groups, and webinars that might interest you. Don't forget to check out the Athena Health Marketplace. 
With over 350 partners across 62 capabilities and 60 specialties, the Marketplace enables you to curate your Athena Health experience under one platform based on your specific business needs. Over 70% of Athena Health customers use one or more Marketplace partners. Go to marketplace.athenahealth.com and filter by specialty or capability to find solutions that support your business, integrating seamlessly and powering the most open, scalable platform in healthcare. Are you interested in collaborating with your peers to network, share ideas, and get tips on how to make the most of Athena Health products and services? Visit the success community to join a user group. Most are organized around medical specialty, cardiology, pediatrics, and behavioral health, for example, but others are around specific topics, interests, roles, and products. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to tell your colleagues to check us out as well. The podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can let us know what you think by email at podcast at athenahealth.com, especially if you have any topics you would like us to cover to better support the way you use Athena One. We're working to create a thriving ecosystem that delivers accessible, high-quality, and sustainable healthcare for all, and we'll talk to you again soon.